Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hello and welcome to happy mum happy baby asking for a friend asking for a friend what's that all about i hear you ask well in this brand new edition of happy mum happy baby the podcast we're taking a break from our usual brilliant guests to take a deep dive into the many issues surrounding pregnancy, birth and the early years. Our Happy Mum, Happy Baby community is thriving and I love you all so very much that I thought it felt timely to look into some of the topic areas that we discuss and answer some of those questions that you all send in. So, for asking for a friend, I've assembled a group of experts, mums and specialists in very, very different areas, people we trust to give you the best answers possible some of those big parenting questions and throughout this special series we'll be tackling a whole host of big issues from your pelvic floor to your mental health from weaning to bedwetting from teething to trauma we'll be discussing the issues that can affect all of us through our parenting journeys this week
week, we're talking about parental mental health and creating a toolbox to help you through. Because being a parent is hard. And you can, at times, feel like it's just so heavy and you can feel so overwhelmed with the mother load. I know that this podcast has always been a bit of a hand in the dark for people who are feeling it. Um, but I also need a hand in the dark. And today's guest is one of those hands in the dark for so many people. Our guest this week is Stacey Swift, an illustrator, author and mother of three, whose book, You Are Positively Awesome, is an everyday burst of positivity and an extra dose of self-kindness. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Are you? We were talking before about gesticulation and stuff. It turns yeah. out that I actually <laughs> use my arms. I'm so, it's so Italian when I'm doing my intro. I'm, um, I'm not. I'm just enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you find yourself? Like, what does that feel like, actually, to know that you are that hand in the dark for so many? It feels like a bit like a privilege that I can use my difficult times and my experiences to support other people through theirs and to be able to have that little pocket on the internet that is really bright and cheery, but yeah. actually is talking about some quite serious topics. It feels just quite nice to be that space for people. And I get direct messages from people saying, you know, my friend's going through a tough time or I've sent this to my mum group and they let me know that they've passed that message on. Yeah, it's, it's a privilege to be able to do that. So obviously you are, you're an illustrator. You've been doing it for a long time. How did you find yourself into this area? I was illustrating and saying a lot of cards and prints and those kind of things and then started picking up some more freelance work. Mm. And as part of that, I naturally fell into working with some clients that were discussing sort of mental health topics. And it was at the same time when Instagram was a much simpler platform, I think, where you would post a picture, people would see it. And it was a really sort of organic process of building an audience there. And I just sort of combined the two. I started realising that I could draw my feelings and by sharing them, I was getting feedback from people sort of saying they needed to hear that or it yeah. was a word um, sort of a comfort for them. And so it was a really natural process where I started using my Instagram account to share the things that were in my head. But my background and my degree is in illustration. So that's how it happened. Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. And I've got to say, so we'll go into questions from the Happen Happy community later. But there's just so much there. And I know that we can go down the avenue of postnatal depression and things like that. But your area is more focused on, I would say, giving people the tools for self-care first and self-compassion and self-kindness. Because I think in some ways that is another area where people might need to see a doctor. But there are things that you can do initially to really... I don't know, search for the happy in a way, search for the positive, yeah. give kindness in. And it's so difficult as a mum that we both are of three to find that time for yourself to yeah. be kind inwards because you put so much out, whether that's to other people, whether that's to your kids. So actually what you send inwards, it's like the scraps. You know, I think sometimes I feel like, you know, resting bitch face. Yeah. I feel like that I'm just the grumpiest sod on earth, you know, and, and I... And I I'm not that because I know I'm a really positive person, but sometimes you get buried. It's like a depletion, I think, where you've just yeah. put so much and there's nothing left to kind of, you're sort of pulling yourself along, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I think from my experience, I didn't, I didn't have postnatal depression, so that wasn't something I could sort of authentically into, share. Yeah. But I can share the everyday struggles that I was experiencing, the things that don't fall into sort of one of those categories yeah. that people might feel, okay, now I've got something that deserves seeking support. Mm -hmm. So I think often, especially mums where you're so busy caring for other people, 
you might put off that asking for help or sort of recognizing how you could be feeling better and there are um, means and ways to do that but you might not take them because you don't feel you deserve it. Yeah. And so I think that was sort of the, the space that I fell into where I was finding things hard and I still find things hard. And there are days where my mental health sort of, you know, it goes up and down mm. as it does with everyone. But it, it's not something that I had a diagnosis for. It was just my real life, everyday experience. And I think talking about that helps other people realise that it's okay to have that as a real life, everyday experience. Yeah. We're all sort of going through similar peaks and troughs. Yeah. And when it comes to mental health, I feel like what you promote is almost like a mental health toolbox because you give little things, little tips and tricks, if you like, and a little bit of like guidance of what has worked for you. Yeah. So in creating this mental health toolbox, what are the key things that you would put in there for if you're having a really grey day? I think finding something that is just for me in the day is always trying to do things for other people, finding a little pocket of time where if it's just to sit down with a cup of coffee or read a bit of something that I wanted to read or take some time out to sit in my studio for 20 minutes, mm. that that really helps. I think it's just the refueling. And in that maybe, you know, not everyone's going to have a studio where they work from at home, but a space that's sort of a little bit yours. I remember having a conversation with my counsellor at the time sort of saying I need to reclaim my bedroom a little bit. Yeah. Because we'd just sort of moved my daughter, my youngest daughter into her own room, but there were still sort of toys everywhere and yeah. it there was no space in our house that was mine or, you know, mine and my husband's. But just having something in the day, something in your house that is a little retreat or something that you can ground yourself with. Mm. I think that's that does really help me. Um and gives me a chance to kind of regather myself before entering back into the chaos of having three small children and a business and all the other things that parenthood entails. And it is different things for different people. Yeah. Like some things will work. I know have friends who just love having that hour where they go off and get their hair done yeah. or, you know, go and get their nails done. For me, it literally is sit down with a coffee. Just sit down because I know that I don't. Yeah. So I think it is. It's about finding that thing that's, that's yours that yeah, helps you. I've got to say, so I, I did start running. So Bryony Gordon took me into running a 10K, so I had to do some training. And when I first went out, I felt like the first day, my lungs were on fire for the rest of the day. And I'd only <laughs> run for 10 minutes. I'm not, no exaggeration. The next time I went out for 10 minutes, my lungs were on fire for half the day. Okay. The third time I went out for 10 minutes, they were on fire a little bit afterwards, and then they recovered. And I've got to say, after actually getting into running, I have had an ankle injury for a while now, but getting into running, it felt like... My problems were all still there, but they were raised. Right. They weren't sitting quite so heavily on my shoulders. And I'm not someone who I ever thought <laughs> would advocate running. I used to run and get a stitch in my shoulder really, really quickly. But I do get that. I get why people would choose that activity yeah. at the moment unboxing. I saw I saw your um, your video. It's very good. I promise I'm not visualising anyone's faces <laughs> as I punch. Well, I feel, <laughs> I feel like it looks like a really good release of tension, though. Like a yeah. good activity for releasing energy. But, and also a massive part of that is the music. Putting yeah. on music that was pre-mum. Yeah. I'm not listening to Sing too, although it is brilliant. Yes. You know, I'm listening to other stuff that that feels like me. And, you know, a lot of part of a, a big part of what you do, you said something in um, one of your posts about your sparkle, losing your sparkle. Like you just, the sparkle goes because it doesn't have the space to shine. No, exactly. It's like you've kind of, your unit gets muted a little bit because yeah. you just have to worry about so many other people. But yeah, I think it's it's really hard to 
to find that. I think because it can take time and energy and sort of lots of attempts to find the thing that does lift you back up again, like the running. It took yeah. you a few to go, few goes before you kind of embraced it. Yeah. That I guess it can be you have yeah. to put a bit of effort and energy into you, yeah. which doesn't always come easy. Yeah. So, yeah, but the sparkle's there yeah. somewhere. Got to find it. I, I, I often find it's there when I'm with other people in certain groups. Yeah. And actually I did this thing years ago where I joined lots of different people taking five, so whatever their, their thing was. But for some people it was isolation, pure isolation yeah. doing arts and crafts. And for other people it was joining a local a cappella group to sing. So I think it is, it's kind of trying things out and seeing what do you need? Do you need to go somewhere and be the best version of you and let it all out? Or do you just need to be somewhere where no one is asking a thing from you? Yeah. I think I found a way of kind of combining the two. So I, I feel guilty doing things that are just mine sometimes. Yeah. And it sounds really ridiculous. One of the things I did was join my children's school PTA. And I was like, so this gets me out of the house and in groups of people, and I'm doing it with some friends, and you know we're organising things with a glass of prosecco, which is actually really sociable and really fun. You just sold the PTA to me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm before like, now I was like, why would I want to add something else to my play? I am a one-woman crusade. Um, so yeah, I, I end up being I'm now the chair. Let's not go down that road of how this has all happened to my life. But you know, I sort of stepped into it, and it was really good fun. Yeah. But I felt like I could justify it because ultimately the end result yeah. is that it makes my children's school a more enjoyable, sort of better resourced place for the children to be. But I needed that in order to do the first bit. Yeah. Like I had to feel like it was benefiting someone else before I would sort of step into it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But and now I've embraced it. And actually, I think just doing that, it was like, sort of like a gateway into feeling like, actually, I, I can go out more and my children are okay. And I can yeah. do things that are just for me and sort of socialise a bit more and it will be natural and not too difficult and not yeah. sort of anxiety inducing yeah so I think that was something that when we'd been isolated from from people for so long I did find it really tricky getting back into social situations mm -hmm. um so yeah that's been been one of my saving graces is I um love it, a bit of PTA yeah I love that who knew who, who <laughs> knew um, I, I'm the person that runs away <laughs> like, oh, no, I can't, I can't, I'm so sorry <laughs> Um, so every week uh, on on Asking for a Friend, we ask the guest your three most asked questions. So what do you get asked the most? Often I get asked how I started mm -hmm. sort of sharing mental health illustration on the internet, which I think is something we've we've kind of covered. But yeah. it's it's something that's just, it's lovely to see that it's an area of Instagram that's kind of grown and grown. I think at the time I started doing it, not many people were. Yeah. But now it's a really lovely I think there are lots of people talking honestly about their mental health, which can only ever be a really good thing. What is your uh, second most asked question? I get asked a lot about journaling and why I would sort of recommend that as a, a self-care tool. We talked about having a toolkit. Yeah. I think, um, as I mentioned, a lot of ways I use my Instagram page as a kind of a journal space because it is a lot of my inner thoughts and feelings. But having somewhere you can write things down and there's no judgment and it's all yours it's again having that thing that's completely your own so I think that's just can be really helpful just to process your thoughts and feelings and maybe work out why you might be feeling a certain way yeah I think is there something about it. mind to hand like getting that those thoughts out yeah I think just being having the process of getting everything out of your head onto a piece of paper I've spoken about doing like a brain dump where you put everything in your head on there from you know must remember the kids pack lunch tomorrow to really awful thing that's making me feel very anxious yeah. and sorting through that and working out which bits actually 
can just be shelved or put to one side. The things that you do have control over changing and the things that maybe you need some help with and categorising all those things that are sort of swirling around all of our heads. Mm. But that's just a really, you know, everyone's got a pen and paper. It's a, it's a way that we can all kind of work through what might be bothering us and, and sort of let go of some of the stuff that maybe we can put down because it's really hard to put things down. So I think that's a at all that I think everyone can make the most of. I wonder if there's also something of of seeing it written down almost makes it smaller, almost makes yeah. it more manageable, makes you, I don't know, rationalise it a little bit sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because I think it's the same thing as if you have something in your head and then you say it out loud to someone, but sometimes just the exercise of, of saying it aloud can think, actually, that's not as big as I was, it felt like it was. Yeah. So I think it's the same process, but you can also then include all the things that maybe you don't want to tell other people or, you know, it's something that you don't quite understand yourself yet, that there's a space for you to do that. Also, it can just be something sort of quite fun as well. If there are aspects that you want to just sit down and do mindful colouring for 10 minutes, it's just, again, finding a way to use that that's suiting sort of your needs at the time. Yeah. And when it comes to journaling, I guess there's no correct way of doing it. You can either no. write completely long form and just let it all out or bullet point things. It's just a case of... Yeah, so I think there's lots of different journals. You can, as simple as that, get a, a book and, and use it as you wish. There's lots of good prompts sort of on Instagram or often in my captions I'll sort of say you can use this as a, a journal prompt or on Pinterest. But then, for instance, the journal that I created, it's sort of pages that you can dip in and out of any time you want, but there'll be a page for a brain dump or a, yeah. a list of things that make you feel happy, people that make a difference. And you can just choose an activity that suits you sort of depending on how you're feeling that day. But yeah, there's a whole range of, of different journals that could just suit everyone. Because I think sometimes a blank page can be a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. If you don't know where to start, it can put you off from the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's advice out there. I think part of me worries that someone will find it and know my inner, yeah. innermost <laughs> thoughts. But on the other hand, my writing is so bad, even if they found <laughs> it, I don't think they'd be able to read it. Maybe like when you're a teenager, you have to write code. Yes. Some kind of... Uh, there we go. Yeah. Hieroglyphics of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, there we go. Um, what's your third most asked question? I haven't got how I juggle everything around having three children. Yeah. And I think the answer is it doesn't always go to plan and it's not always plain sailing. And sometimes the juggle feels relatively under control and other times I feel like I'm drowning under it. So I think yeah. even from the outside when... And I've got to say those two things can literally happen seconds apart. Oh, definitely. It take, every time the phone rings and let's see, it's the school ringing me. I'm like, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. please let no one be poorly. Mm -hmm. Like the whole week is now going to go into, a, you know, disarray. But it does, it, it does. It's sort of someone's different mood and the whole house is like, okay, let's see what we need to do now. But yeah, it, do, it does change drastically yeah. from day to day. And I think I just try and fit things in as and when I can. I'm getting better at saying I need this time for... And, and trying to get the time when I need it and not feeling guilty about needing the time. It's that constant cycle of knowing that I am worthy of having the time and the space that I need mm -hmm. that means that then I can be the better parent and juggle everything that little bit easier if I'm sort of communicating. That's the thing, isn't it? I think we feel so guilty for that time that we take for ourselves. Yeah. But actually, by doing so... We go back into a room feeling refreshed, feeling like we can take the situation on a, yeah. in a different way, I think, like be ready to tackle whatever's going to come up. Yeah. Whereas I think if we don't take that time, we're so close to overwhelm. 
continuously. Yeah, it's like a bubbling pot, isn't it? You think yeah. there's just there's gonna be that one little extra bit that sort of tips you up to full full boiling point. Yeah. So I think I do try and sort of take those steps away and and fit the work in in spaces where I can. But yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So within asking for a friend, we turn to our Happy Mum Have Baby community and ask them to send in questions. As I said earlier, a lot of them were postnatal, prenatal, yeah. which will go, I think will go down on a different episode because I want to talk to you about self-care, yeah. really, and what we can be doing for ourselves. Although parts of it are, you know... It's a, I think just, there's a crossover. There's a crossover, yeah. absolutely, because part that is part of why some people will be feeling the way they yeah. are and taking that bit of time can make all the difference. So... Should we discuss our mental health with our kids or is that just burdening them with uh, with our worries? Should I protect them from it? I think I am always honest with my mind. So my eldest is seven. Yeah. I've got seven, five and two. And I will always say, oh, you know, mummy, mummy doesn't feel, you know, doesn't feel in a really kind of basic terms to explain that not every day is a good day. Yeah. So it, I don't give her... I mean, the younger two probably don't really understand, but I, I don't give her any great details or explain what might be on my mind. But I might say, oh, I get driving anxiety. I'm like, mummy sometimes feels nervous in the car, so you need to just be quiet, please, while we go to the roundabout. And so I'm yeah. explaining that actually my thought process isn't always up here really happy and everything's okay. I'm explaining that there's, you know, something that's troubling me. This is what I'm going to do to try and make it better. And that's maybe why I'm not speaking to your behaving in the way that I was doing mm-hmm. sort of 10 minutes ago. And I think they accept that. I think it's, it's maybe different. You don't want to, I don't think I'd want to offload yes. problems onto her because she's, yeah. especially she's still so little, but I think just explaining that, you know, we all have things that trouble us. And then that gives her the language as well to explain to me, oh, mummy, my, I'm feeling a bit wobbly. Can we go in? Can you hold my hand when we go into the party? Because I feel a bit nervous. It's so fascinating, isn't it? Because I think yeah. like we didn't have those words growing up. Like, no. I, I don't think, I think mental health is being discussed so much. We're talking about our feelings in a way that we never did before. Yeah. So in some ways, we shouldn't shy away from it with kids in terms of how I'm feeling. Sorry, I did that. I was feeling this. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know, I think actually not because we were so sheltered from that because people didn't talk. Yeah. I, it will be interesting to see what happens with our kids growing up in a world where 
those conversations do happen. Yeah, and it's in, it's in the curriculum now as well. Yeah. That they have to have sort of some learning around this sort of emotional well-being. So I think they're learning the words. So seeing that in practice at home, I don't think it's a foreign concept to a lot of our children. Yeah. But also explaining that, you know, I'm not just horrible mum. There's a reason mm. that I just need you to chill out for five minutes while I work through whatever, you know, getting us to the destination so that we can go to the cinema. Yeah. But this is just something that makes mummy feel a bit a bit wobbly. Yeah. And those are terms that she can sort of grasp. It's that sort of, like, everyone understands if you say, oh, I've got butterflies in my tummy. Mm. Like, we all know what that means. Yeah. But for my children, I think if I say, oh, mummy's feeling a bit wobbly, they can say, okay, that's sort of, I can get that that just means mummy's feeling a little bit not quite right. Yeah. There's something that's putting her off. And so they're terms that, that they can grasp. I think they're age appropriate. Yeah. But I think we'll carry them on as, you know, sort of get more direct and, and use mm -hmm. more adult language as they get older. Yeah. How can parents look after their mental health after returning to work? Like it's a big thing, like yeah. even having a child, you're like there's a shift. There's so many shifts within parenthood and it's hard to, to well, your mental health just is yeah. affected by it because you're shifting all the time. There's and so many hormones and yes. you know, sleep deprivation. And, and we're talking stress. about a list and then that's a whole other list to cater for. I think I'd maybe, yeah, suggest sort of being open, seeking support if that's something you think will help you. Because I know there are a lot of charities that will sort of just be a listening ear if that's what you need. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it is a tricky one. I think it's really hard because it completely depends on the role that you're going back into. Yeah. As to how you're going to be able to fit in the self-care and the the support network that you might need to sort of hold your hand that bit more through that period. Mm. I wonder if it's also worth talking to other people who have gone through it because I yeah. know sometimes you talk and people are like no I didn't feel that and it's fine that other people yeah. haven't felt that but you might just have that chat which is why I loved baby groups yeah because it felt like that time like our kids were happy playing and you just kind of bleh, yeah let it all out you'd be there going oh yes I feel that I feel that I don't feel that that's fine but I feel this you know and yeah, you'd the take the mix of the pick and mix yeah uh, and I so that's why I do think it's important to put yourself out there and go to those sorts of places because a lot of the time actually in parent groups you'd you'd see people who would be like oh it's my last week because I've got to go back to yeah back to work next week and you can see that massive shift of what what that is doing in that moment to that mum yeah no that's the end of that maternity leave so I think it is worth yeah, or even if you don't want to, or you, there's a reason you, you maybe can't go out the house to do it. There are lots of online communities. I know that my local, yeah. where I live, there's like a local mum's Facebook group. Yeah. That it might be that you can make connections in yeah. other ways if, if sort of face-to-face -face is tricky, or if you're already back to work and you can't go on a Monday morning for, for baby groups. Yeah. And also, I think it's worth noting that find one that makes sense to you find yes. one that makes you feel yeah. good don't you know don't there were some like baby groups to... that I walked in and was like never again <laughs> yes I literally, again. Had, I literally had that I was um, like yeah I'm not uh, thanks guys yeah. but I'm out <laughs> yeah just mm, I think it's well that you go to things and again it's like how's the baby is yeah. that you know oh, we need to get the baby weighed everything's sort of very baby focused or child focused which often there's a good reason for that but it's child focused yeah so to have those people where you can be like oh my goodness <laughs> yeah Oh my goodness, this is just a lot that, it, yeah, it takes a little bit of the pressure off, I think, yeah. and it opens that valve a little bit to let some of the steam out and then you can yeah. keep going a little bit. I also think it's a good excuse to actually get you out of the house. Yeah. Because it can feel such a scary prospect. I know we're deviating away from going back to work, but we've gone into baby groups, but I'm I'm going with this. Yeah. Because 
it can feel such an overwhelming prospect to actually leave with your baby. It's no longer just picking up your handbag. There are so many variables that can happen within that moment. So many things that could go wrong, which will make you feel rubbish because you don't know how to handle that situation. Because you are learning, because babies are unpredictable, there will be a punami as soon as you leave the house. You will turn up somewhere and find that you've got sick on your shoulder or your boob is hanging out. That is fine. That's all part of life. It's a rite of passage. Yeah, but then when you're there... Hopefully, it will make you feel better. Yeah. But I think it's the actual thought of going out that's far bigger. And I just think sometimes people might not have had that experience. There will be people that have gone to groups and it's not been like that and it's not been kind of a supportive or enjoyable experience. Try another one. I think that's where maybe finding... And you know the online yeah. world comes into its own a little bit mm. because maybe it's then you you make those relationships virtually, and that maybe then turns into a kind of in real life connection. Yeah, because I, I think it, I think that if you've put yourself forward to go to a baby group and it's not turned out how you thought it might go, it can then be twice as hard to try step again. out the door and do it again. Yeah, absolutely. My nine year old says he feels lonely when surrounded by people. How can I help him? It just makes me feel really sad. You know, bless him. It's a lot to be feeling. It. Yeah. But, you know, children, they do, don't they? I would probably, if that was my child, and I think I'm always quite careful because I'm not, you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not medically trained. So that yeah. I think I can only talk by what I would do. I'd probably speak to my children's teacher and see how she's behaving at school. Yeah. If there's anything they can kind of work on in the classroom because that's where they spend so much of their day. If there is something they can do, maybe there's a relationship that maybe needs shifting within their, their class group. But I think as well, just talking to them and maybe finding ways to bolster their self-care mm. toolkit. It sort of, if it is things like journaling practice, gratitude practice, you know, tell me three things that have gone well today. Were there yeah. three interactions that you had today that made you smile? Was there anything in the day that, you know, you felt like, went really well and you did a good job or I think it's more like confidence building but then I think if you know there there may be a point where those things aren't enough and that's when I I guess you sort of raise it with I assume the school and maybe sort of outside help yeah yeah and also I guess as as children get older they are going to be feeling different feelings that they've not felt before and feeling, feelings like loneliness can be really overwhelming. So, yeah. so feeling that and kind of sitting in that. My kids have amazing teachers and I regularly speak to them about the things that the kids come home and say. Yeah. Or they call me if they're worried. And I think it's so important to try and have a dialogue and realise that you're all on the same team. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I can remember when the kids first started school, I mean, I'm still terrified of the head. I think everyone <laughs> is always scared of the head teacher. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's that thing of you're all wanting to do the same thing. Yeah. And that is to bring up brilliant children who can communicate, who can, you know show kindness it's not just about getting your maths and your English question right there's so much more to it so I think realizing that you can work together to achieve that is really important I think with that if the emotional side of things is feeling sort of okay yeah then they're going to be more able to do the academic side of things as well so there's a you know in everyone's interest yeah particularly the child to to be able to help them through those those times but I think the fact that the child's gone to their parent and spoken about it that's a huge deal like they're able to 
communicate that that's how they're feeling. Yeah. And they're not holding it in and they feel safe enough to bring that up. Yeah. Is it normal to get easily agitated by my toddler? It's that kettle thing, isn't it? I, I think toddlers can be really annoying, so... They're constant. No. <laughs> it's constant. It's, it's the relentlessness. I think yeah. it's hard. And I think, though, if you feel like you are struggling with that emotion or there's something that's triggering you mm. that you are behaving in a way that you don't feel you want to be parenting in that way, yeah. then it's maybe worth speaking about it yeah. to someone or having a, a think about how you respond to things. We had it in our house the other day where I felt like we were just shouting. Yeah. I felt like we were just shouting all the time and no one's actually listening. We're just shouting at each other. Uh, so my husband and I had this big kind of, oh my goodness, we don't want to be there. Like, this isn't the parenting we want to do. We don't yeah. want to just constantly feel like we're battling with our children. And so we looked on the internet for ideas of ways that we could solve this issue. And I was like, oh, actually, just simple things like not shouting around the corner, it's dinner time, going into the room and saying it's dinner time. And I do that because I'm like, oh, I'm doing 15 things at once. Yeah. But actually then I've already raised the level yeah. of, of the house and yeah. I've started shouting. So, yeah, I think finding alternatives, even if that is just a Google, and seeing if there's anything you can implement into your day to make it a nicer experience for both of you because I think we're not going to enjoy everything but there are going to be things we can do to make the bits that we don't really enjoy that little bit easier yeah and awareness like self-awareness like that yeah is so key and so important yeah being able to stop and go well this isn't what we signed up for exactly yeah how what can we do to just give this a little shift because you are the parents at the end of the day like if anyone's going to make that change yeah, no, and I, I just... say this because we are most definitely we have those days where we're just like, why, why yeah. can no one just be nice to each other? That's why it. does it? You and know, everything feels like a battle, and yes. then I'm like, I'm just not enjoying this actually. Yes, I'm not, I'm not enjoying this whole parenting thing today because no one is sort of doing their part of the job where they, you know, they listen and yeah. behave. <laughs> I mean, my parenting icon, even though she wasn't actually their mother growing up, was definitely Maria from The Sound of Music. She did not raise her voice to those no. kids. No, she sang to them. And they listen to her. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like you can hold a tune. My kids would be like, oh, <laughs> mum, or just listen. Just, just listen and then I won't have to sing to you, okay? That's it. Actually, that could be. I'll let you know how that goes, actually. Okay. <laughs> they're just walking around with their fingers in their ears. It's a new way of parenting. Everyone's just going around pretending they're in a musical. It's going to be all the rage. <laughs> how do I deal with feelings like I have to be the perfect mother when I'm struggling? Obviously, this is a huge thing because yeah. we all can't help but compare whether those squares on Instagram or whether we see people out, you know, out and about and they look like they've got it all together. Yeah. It's a snapshot. This, I feel like, really resonates with me. I'm the one that was like, okay, when my daughter was born, I will hand make her Halloween costumes. Of course you will, yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to bake every birthday cake yeah. from scratch. Yeah. And I still do this to myself. I, I mean, I don't sew the costumes anymore because I realised that was insane. But, like, the birthday cakes, I still will make the birthday cake from scratch. Yeah. And I did it this year. My, my daughter's birthday is just gone. And my husband was like, what, you just buy a cake? Because it went wrong. And I threw it in the bin. And then I was in this huge, like, stress. The cake's gone wrong. And I was like, but... I feel like that's the mum that I've decided that I'm going to be. And so that's what I have to do now. And he's like, she's not going to mind. I was like, no, but I've said I'm going to do it. And I had, it was all these expectations of myself. It wasn't even, it wasn't the perfect mother from how other people might perceive me. Mm. It's all these expectations, the self-expectation. And I've sort of slowly been trying to chip away at that a little bit and realising that they probably 
don't care as much as I do. Yeah. And she's she cared more about the fact that, you know, she got the lip gloss that she really wanted because it has a little chain. And that was the present she was really desperate for. And we all got to go out for dinner together as a family and she had a really lovely time. And there were, there were things in the day that meant so much more to her than the cake that I had, you know, spent hours beating myself up over. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think self-expectation is one thing. And I think the comparing yourself to other people and believing that they're all doing it better than you and you're not matching that expectation from outside is something else. And I think that's where the curating your feeds and having real life friends who will say to you, no, my, my kid, you know, pooed their pants today or yeah. shouted at the teacher or, you know, did something that was really not how I've raised them to be, but they've <laughs> done it anyway. Just to bring a bit of reality back in, back into the day, I think. Yeah. It's hard. It is hard. It is hard. Well, we're all chasing this perfection that doesn't actually exist. Yeah. You know, no one's getting it right 100% of the time. No, and even if you feel like you have done your best, then, you know, who's to say that the kids are going to be like, well, actually, I'd have preferred it if you had always given me the blue cup, mum, and that's what. <laughs> There's always something to yeah, feel guilty about. There's it. always something to feel lesser than about. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm really triggered by unsolicited advice, but it comes from everywhere. So I guess it's yeah. that's a bit tricky because you can't create your feed with that. No. I think perhaps coming up with a phrase or a boundary that you put in place where you have a response for the advice that shuts it down yeah. will hopefully stop it coming to you. So I think there are going to be things that you, you can't control. Yeah. But if it's in real life and there are people around you that are giving you that advice... And I think just having something that you say that, that stops it in its tracks might then encourage them not to keep saying it. Yeah. And then journal about it later. Yeah. Let it all out. How should I approach a friend who I'm sure is struggling? That's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. I think when you're aware that you're not quite, you know, or if someone, if you see in someone else what you have felt, yeah. but they're not ready to... Yeah, I think it really is going to depend on your friendship dynamic. But yeah. I think if, you, if you're there and you're always sort of, you know, popping in, checking up, sending that message to say, you're all right today. Yeah. Do you need anything? Can I insert something that's actually really helpful? Yeah. That hopefully that will help her. Even if she doesn't accept any of the help, to mm. feel like she has the help there might make all the difference. I think sometimes I don't really need someone to come and do the thing but knowing that if I did need them to do the thing that I have yeah. people in my corner that can actually make me feel a million times better yeah just being there just being quietly supportive really can make all the difference to people yeah absolutely what are your top tips for self-care and to make sure that you are looking after yourself oh that's that's a good one I think what I need to do is always say it out loud, like to my husband, usually like, okay, I'm not feeling great. And then trying to follow that up with what I need. So that if I've said it out loud, first of all, I'm then accountable to myself to kind of do it. Yeah. Also let other people know that, okay, maybe this week I do need a bit of time away or I do need time to finish this deadline that's driving me crazy because I'm worrying about it so much. I'm not sure where I'm going to fit it in. Kids' schedules are all over the place and mm. I communicating what I need and, and realising what that is. I think they're two different things, but they go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Together. And I, I think also having that network of people that we've just been speaking about actually is really helpful. We Where we live, we don't have any family nearby, so our friends are kind of our, our people that we lean on. Yeah. And just knowing they're there to 
help us pick up the slack on the days that we might need it is a huge like they're a huge part of our our toolkits because I think when you oh we've got so much on and we can't pick that child up from school because we can't physically be in three places at once that we know there's someone there that we can do it and we'll reciprocate and we've we've got that support network Mm. that that's huge yeah that really makes a difference it just takes that little layer of, of pressure off and I think the last thing that I shared a little bit about this kind of perfectionism and this wanting to do everything and do it properly and having really high self-expectation is I've been trying to give myself the easy option and know that it's okay to have the easy option. So there might be days where, oh, I really should cook, you know, a really nutritious, well-balanced dinner again. Um, Or they could just have pizza in front of the TV and they will be absolutely fine and, you know, no one's going to take my children away from me because <laughs> I've not given them, like... Uh, and that, that's the thing that goes to my mind, like, I'm not good enough if I don't do everything to 100%. Yeah. When actually some days, like, 10% and they're alive is, is enough and I shouldn't beat myself up about it because if by doing that, I've then left that space for all the other things that still need to be done and things that I need to get done and looking after myself. Absolutely. I just think... It is that giving you space. And I think sometimes using the pizza doesn't mean that you simply get some time to sit with them and play with them and be with them. Doesn't mean you get to sit by yourself. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. It reminds me of Buzz's maths homework. So A, B and C, you've got three options. A is the easiest. B is middle ground. C is toughest. And I'm always a bit like, why are you going for A all the time? You can do B. You don't have to do B. You don't have to do C. A is fine. You know, you're doing the work, but you don't have to kill yourself doing it. Yeah. And he'll probably enjoy it and so then want to do maths more because he's not finding it horrendously painful. And also, it's not my homework. Yeah, but I have this. I'm like, (laughs) your teacher's going to mark that. And things like that, actually. I think it is realising what's good for your family and what's not and realising what is achievable, what is attainable across the board. You know, if you are arguing for an hour about homework, I think that's worth a chat. Yeah. With, yeah, a, with a teacher, because I, I have often found, in my, you know, that I'll speak to a teacher and actually hearing something from a teacher's perspective rather than an, annoy- an annoying parent who's trying to get them to sit down after school, yeah. it's completely different. And I think, again, going back to that relationship between parents and teachers, you can use each other. Yeah. At the end of every uh, episode, we ask our guests to complete three sentences. Very simple. Being a parent means? I think it means doing your best and sort of supporting your child through all the trials and tribulations, even when you don't quite know what you're doing. And yeah, just just trying to make them well-rounded people and know you might mess up along the way. Uh, if I could tell you one thing, it would be. We all make mistakes and no one has it together all of the time. Yeah, I think it goes back to that perfectionism thing yeah. that we're all we're all in this together. Yeah. And none of us are, are doing it 100% perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm happy when? I think I'm happy when I feel like I've got some balance. Not always the case, but occasionally there are, you know, times where it all feels that little bit easier and everyone's in the right place at the right time yeah and it's that space thing again yeah i think i'm happy when there's a bit of balance those fleeting moments of balance yeah i mean i'm I'm happy in between but i feel like that's peak kind of parenting happy is when it it all feels like there's there's not as many plates spilling uh, spinning amazing thank you so much thank you 
And I love your books, by the way. Oh, thank They're you. They're very, very beautiful. Uh, I will be filling those in. And okay. Absorbing them. Thank you. And hiding them. And hiding them. <laughs> yes. I'm going to get a little padlock, <laughs> put it in a little safety box. No one will ever know what goes oh, on in my brain. What's mum doing? <laughs> <laughs> She's got loads of cash or jewellery. No, it's just my journal. Yeah, oh, how disappointed <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.